Welcome, everyone, back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin. <clears throat> Here for post-game pod for the Mavs win against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday night. Um, there's a lot of things to get into for this game, so we will start right now. This was basically, to me, when I was watching, it was a game of two halves. Um, the first half and the second half were completely different halves for the Mavericks. Um, they had a really bad first half. Um, there were a lot of missed shots. Um, just the defense wasn't that good. It just, it did not, it just wasn't a good half. They didn't score a lot of points. And I, I thought after that first half, there was no way they were going to come back and, you know, win this in the second half. Um, one thing that I noticed in the second half, and I, you know, I don't have the, the numbers in front of me, but, you know, looking at the box score, you know, the, the Lakers took 45 three-pointers, and the Mavs only took 30. And the, the one guy who really struggled with his three was uh, Tim Hardaway. Um, even though Luka did shoot 33%, Tim Hardaway was really bad. He had a really bad game. Um, he did make that shot at the end of uh, one of the quarters, which was great. Um, but his altogether, his game was really bad, and it was really nice to see at the very end uh, J.J. Redick in there instead of Hardaway. Um because, you know, J.J. Redick shot two threes and he made them both. And there was one in particular where L.A. went to a zone and he happened to just catch the ball standing in the corner all by himself. And, of course, he made it because he there was nobody even close to him. Um, but as far as the, the, uh, the guys who did the best this game, obviously, you know, I... I do like to give Powell a hard time, um, but I do got to give him credit when credit is due. Um, he had a really good game. Um, he did finish with nine rebounds. Um, obviously, that's what you want to see. You know, Maxie had 10. So, you know, the two big guys that played the most minutes got a lot of rebounds. Melly had five in, you know, half the time. You know, he had limited time, but. Melly was a huge contributor, I thought, on his, especially on his defense. Um, you know, Luca had eight rebounds and thirteen assists, but he only had eighteen points. Luca didn't take a ton of shots. Um, he did take six three pointers. He's made two of them, but in the second half, the biggest difference was the pick and roll with Powell and uh, Luca. Um, Andre Drummond just had no chance on the pick and roll. He was awful trying to defend it. Now, um, I don't, I, I haven't watched a ton of Drummond in his career, and some people always felt he was overrated, overpaid, which is fine. I can, you know, I, I can accept that. I do think that Drummond, and even uh, seeing. Uh, Gasol, 
I do think both of them are a bit overweight. They do both look like they are playing above what they used to look like. Um, I don't know if that affects their game or not. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Whatever. It's just how it looks. But uh, Drummond just had no chance on the pick and roll. Uh, Powell and Luca ate them alive on that pick and roll. And it's something you like to see. It's something they did at the beginning of the season last year. And one thing I do like about it is, first of all, Powell's getting the ball in the air. You know, one thing that Powell still does is he he turns it over a lot. Or not necessarily turn it over, but he he doesn't catch a pass or he fumbles fumbles the ball or he, he tries to do a crazy shot. He actually did a crazy shot, I think, in this game, and he made it. And it's one of those, like, he looks out of control type situations. But it just... To me, if you're going to pass the ball to Powell, he's got to be under the rim, you know, and by himself. There were times where he just caught it by himself and ran up and laid it in, and obviously the dunks that he got. Um, another contributor was Dorian Finney-Smith. His three-point shooting was on. Um, he's His three-point shooting, especially lately, has been great. Um, that's one of the things that's kind of kept them in these games because, you know, usually to start the year, I felt like these games were based on how well Tim Hardaway Jr. was playing because, you know, you were going to get your points from Luka and you are going to get your points from Porzingis, but somebody had to step up and be that third person. And in the last couple of weeks, Hardaway has just not been there. And that, you know, they have lost some games. And Brunson's kind of the same way. You know, Brunson had a really bad game. He only had five points. Um, he was one for seven. Uh, it was tough. I felt bad for him because one thing that frustrates me is the, the launching of the three-pointers when it's not necessary. And that's what it was in the first half, I felt. And Brunson's not a guy who sits back and launches. He actually tries to get to the rim. And he got to the rim so many times, but for whatever reason, just couldn't convert. So... I, I try not to be too critical of that because, you know, I feel like at least he's trying to get to the rim, and I like that. Um, they weren't falling. That's just how things go sometimes. So, you know, he did get five rebounds and three assists. Um, he did contribute. Uh, you know, Brunson is an improved defender. And speaking of defense, one thing I'd like to bring up real quick is one thing I get annoyed with uh, national broadcasts is the fact that the the broadcasters, they don't, they don't watch these teams on a regular basis. The only Mavs game that any of those guys have seen, whether it's, uh, what's his name, Mike Breen, or uh, I think that's his name, and Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson, the only Mavs games they've seen are the ones they've called. They've not watched one Mavs game. And the fact that they were questioning whether or not Luke is a good defender shows me, or tells me, that they haven't watched any games. Luka has been a very quality defender this year. And, yeah, there are times when Luka turns his back and a guy cuts on him and gets to the basket. I get that. That happens with everyone. As a matter of fact, Luka does that to people. So does Brunson. It happens. But to say that, you know, 
But to not understand how good his defense has been tells me that they have not watched the Mavs play once this year. And I even made, you know, somebody even posted on Twitter, or ESPN posted on Twitter, like, if you were going to start a franchise, would you start with Luka or Anthony Davis? And a lot of people were saying, oh, Luka doesn't play defense. It's like, well, you've not watched the Mavericks play then. That tells me everything I need to know. You've not seen them play. Because if you had seen them play, you would see that he does play defense. And then I always counter with, if Anthony Davis was so great, how come all those Pelican teams were so bad? You know, they had good players. You know, Drew Holiday is a really good player. Now, Drew Holiday is not a guy who's going to make a teammate better, which is it's fair enough. And that's why, he, to me, he fits perfect in um, Milwaukee because he doesn't have to make Giannis better. Giannis makes everyone else better. So, to me, that's perfect for Drew Holiday. But, you know, if Anthony Davis was so great, how come he didn't improve the level of the team? That's just my opinion. I'm not saying he's not a great player. I'm just saying I think people look at him in the wrong light and don't understand basketball. They they just see that he won a title, but he won a title with LeBron. He's, you know, LeBron makes him better. He doesn't make the team better. LeBron makes him better. LeBron makes the team better. You know, it's obvious when you see, you know, Davis out there playing and they're still losing. It's because you know, he he doesn't do anything to elevate the team like a guy like LeBron. So that's my, you know, that's my two cents. Because I, I think a guy like Luka does elevate a team. And I think you saw it last night with, you know, 13 assists. Um, you know, the con- constant pick and roll where he's throwing the perfect pass to Powell. You know, he's finding, you know, Redick and Dorian Finney-Smith open for threes. And even Maxie. Maxie was three for six. Maxie had a quality game. You know, he'd been struggling with the shot. You know, he made 50% last night, which was great. Um, other than, like, Luca and Powell and Dorian Finney-Smith, everybody else just kind of contributed. Um, it was a team win. Again, I, I thought the uh, first game against the Lakers on Thursday was a team win. And... You know, I feel like everybody contributed. Willie Collistein came in and played well, I thought. He had six free throws, which is fantastic. You know, it's – he did only make four, which is – it's 66%, but that's all right. You know, he's drawing the fouls. He's getting to the line, you know. Um, obviously, J.J. Redick was great. Uh, and that's – you know, they played a short rotation again with nine uh, – you know, when Chris Stapps plays a game, I'd like to see them keep the nine that they played plus Porzingis um, at least get ten. Honestly, if I could have gotten minutes from Josh Green last night instead of Hardaway, I wish he would that would have happened. Hardaway really struggled. It was really hard to watch to me. It was really hard watching him play. I, I got so annoyed at everything he was doing out there on the court and he made two shots and three free throws and I just you know if he was a great defender maybe I'd give him a pass on his shooting but the fact that he's not a great defender and I feel like if you're going to be okay with a guy shooting as bad as he is put in at least put at least Josh Green in the game a guy who could defend 
in, in instead. You know, if, like I said, if you're going to accept his bad shooting, then let's play green. You know, why why are we, you know, why are we continuing the charade of ignoring young players like Dallas does? And it's it's a, it's a bit of a frustrating part, you know, of the Mavs, this Mavs team, you know, and the coach. And, you know, it's, it, especially in the first half when they were playing so bad, you know, I'm like, what are we doing here? Why are, why are we playing the game we're playing? Like, this is awful basketball, you know. And another thing that was a little bit intriguing is Anthony Davis in the second half started just taking shots. He, he was 0 for 6 on his threes, but he just kept taking them, and he wasn't making them. And I, I think in the second half, I only remember him posting up like once or twice. And I was a bit curious as to why he bailed on that. Um, now, the one guy who had a really good game for L.A. is Ben McLemore. And one of the things that frustrates me about watching Ben McLemore is the fact that I think he was on the streets before L.A. signed him. I think he was available for any team to sign him. And I have no idea why Dallas didn't sign him. I have no clue. I, I thought he was a guy you could bring in instead of Trey Burke and take that you know roster spot and... He's a really good player. He's, I felt like his time in Houston turned his career around. I, I think he became a better shooter. And I just hate the fact that L.A. was able to get a guy like that free off the streets. And, you know, it's stuff like that that's very aggravating with this organization. It's like, why didn't Dallas sign Black McLemore? Did I miss something? Was he really not available? What's the deal? So... That's my, that's about one of my problems with this this Mavs organization, and you know I, I'm concerned, and obviously it's for a later pod, especially when free agency rolls around. I have a feeling their big free agent signing this offseason will be offseason will be a guy like Kelly Olynyk. To me, that's what the Mavs will do, and <laughs> that's we'll go into the season with Olynyk as our big free agent get. So, because um, I know the Mavs like him. And I just, I don't want any part of him. I would rather have Melly. I'd rather keep Melly than have a Linux. So, um, anyhow, the uh, Mavs, next game. Um, I'm actually, you know, recording this on a Sunday afternoon. And the Phoenix-Brooklyn game is on right now. And going into halftime is the Memphis-Portland. Now, that Memphis-Portland game is a big game because, uh, you know, Memphis can you know, keep their lead. They're up by 11 at this moment. Um, if they can keep their lead, it just puts that much more distance between Dallas and that seventh spot. Um, now, the Mavs' next game is on Monday, and it's against Sacramento. Now, I think De'Aaron Fox is going to be out this game. Now, I feel like Dallas is also going to treat this as a scheduled loss because of the injured list right now. There's so many questionable guys, including Luca, Porzingis, and Richardson. And uh, uh, Richardson's a guy. I forgot about that. Means you know, thinking about the the play, you know, you could play eleven if you kept the guy. If you played the rotation you played last night against LA and added Richardson and 
Porzingis. You could take that rotation out to 11, and I think you could cut guys' minutes, and I think it would give you a chance to play the guy who's having the best game as opposed to just playing Hardaway because he's there, you know, and we wouldn't have had to sit through that dang Hardaway debacle last game, you know. But anyhow, Monday night, uh, the Mavs do play the Kings. Um, the Mavs always struggle against the Kings. I have no idea why. The Kings are a really bad team. But it seems like over the last couple of years, the Mavs just can't beat the Kings. And it's really frustrating to watch sometimes. You know, they I know they've beat them a few times, but they lost the last game to them. And they had no answer for, you know, a guy like Harrison Barnes, who just destroyed them. Who the Mavs basically gave away for free? Who could have on? They could have on their team. But again, that's a different story for a different day. And uh, like I said, De'Aaron Fox, I think will be out because of the health and safety protocols. So um, that's one less guy they have to worry about. Um, now I do think this Kings game is the first night of a back-to-back um, because they do play again on Tuesday against the Warriors. So, honestly, I could see Porzingis sitting out the Monday night game and playing the Golden State game if he's going to come back. Um, as far as a guy like Maxi, I think Maxi will play. Uh, I think Luca will play at the end of the day. Uh, Richardson, I, I don't know. I don't know how severe his injury is. So, we'll have to see about that. Um, I just I, I wish Dallas would take these games serious now that they're in the sixth spot. Um, I just I have this feeling that they're going to continue to um, kind of take these games off. And if you don't take them serious, and even Lucas said it, they did some of these games. Their record against plus five hundred teams is incredible. It's it kind of gives you hope for a playoff series when you see their record against a plus 500 team. But I feel like if they were to play somebody like Minnesota in the playoffs, they would lose the series because they just do not take these games serious. And this last, you know, 10, 15 games that they play, there are a lot of them against sub 500 teams. And if they don't take advantage of it, they could find themselves back in that play in tournament. And, and so they've they've got to start taking these games seriously. I think the coaching staff has to start taking them seriously. I, I think they need to quit the the short rotations and play more guys to give them an opportunity to see who's playing well and who isn't. And if a guy's not playing well, then let's just sit him. And, you know, you don't have to sit him every game. You just, to me, you sit him that game. And you know what? If he's playing, you give him a shot at next game. If he's playing better that next game, then you play him. I, I just don't understand how that's not a concept. You know, if a guy's struggling, let's not keep him in there. I, I Watching Tim Hardaway, I felt like he was hurting the team last night. And I just wish, you know, Josh Green would have got some playing time. And I just don't think Green could have hurt you worse than Hardaway was. And I just, like I said, that's really frustrating to me. And I don't think it'll ever change with this coaching staff. That's, you know, Carlisle's probably the most stubborn coach in the league. He, he refuses to play guys. And I think when you ask him about it, he kind of doubles down on it. 
You know, he'll really not play a guy if you keep asking him about it. And uh, just to prove a point, which can be frustrating, you know, he kind of won't play a guy out of spite now that people ask about it instead of, you know, not playing him for whatever other reason. But uh, hopefully the Mavs take these next two games serious, the Monday night and Tuesday night, um, against the Kings and the Warriors so that uh, so they can stay in that sixth spot. Now, um, looking around at a few other games, uh, like I said, currently Memphis is playing Portland. Um, other games that might affect Dallas might uh, probably be, obviously the Brooklyn Phoenix doesn't really affect them. I think that will determine, you know, I, the uh, the Clippers have the best record, I think, since the All-Star break. Now, they are two games back in the loss column. But, you know, they're 9-1 and in their last 10. They've played really well. Um, and I think they've played with through injuries like Kawhi set out. I think Ibaka's been out for a long time. But, you know, if Phoenix loses a few games, you know, there is a situation, there is a, a way that the Clippers could pass Phoenix and jump into that second spot and the Phoenix could fall to that third. And if Dallas is able to stay in that number six spot, they could be facing Phoenix in the playoffs. So it will be interesting to see how, you know, the top plays out. Utah's lost last night. Um, I actually caught the end of that game. They lost last night to Minnesota. Uh, it was funny watching the end of that game because I felt like Minnesota was just trying to give it back to Utah, and Utah just could not take advantage of it. Um, I also caught the end of the uh, Denver-Houston game. Denver is still playing very well, even though uh, that uh, Michael Porter, uh, What's his name? Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's been out. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has been playing great basketball. He, uh, I know Houston's not that great of a team. Now, I say that, and Dallas lost to him. But uh, Michael Porter Jr. had 39 points last night. Uh, Jokic had 24. Dozier, who's just been, like, this guy, to me, who's come out of nowhere. Like I said, I, this is the... First time I really got into like the league pass, and so I really didn't know who Dozier is, PJ Dozier is, and he's been a really good player. Um, but you know, Porter scored 39 last night, he had three blocks. You know, he was eight for 12 on his three pointers. I, I think, like I said, I think this Jamal Murray situation might put Porter second in that pecking order over Murray, even when he comes back. And I think, ultimately, if you're a Denver fan, that's what you want. Um, I think I think a guy like Porter has a higher ceiling. Um, I think Porter's only going to get better. So, obviously, you know, you want him better than Murray, especially because of his size and he's versatile. So, it'll be interesting to see next year. Um, I think Denver, another thing Denver does is they draft well. So, uh, 
you know, they, they've got probably, they'll probably pick up some draft pick in the second round that'll contribute then over the next few years. But as far as Monday, the, uh, the Jazz play the Wolves again. Now that doesn't really, the, you know, the Jazz have, struggle not really struggling but they're not as dominant as they've been you know the clippers play the pelicans now the pelicans to me have kind of fallen out of the playoff uh playoff uh what do you call it? picture i guess i think the 10 teams in the playoffs in the west have been decided it's just where are those 10 going to end up now monday night the nuggets play the grizzlies um that it's going to be a big game for uh Dallas fans because obviously the Grizzlies are continuing to win. You know, they're two games above 500. They have they continue to play really well. Uh, you know, they're a team that is well coached. I've said that in the past. I do think they have some injuries, but even though they have these injuries, you know, watching um, last night, I actually caught... Um, I don't think it was last. I want to say it was Saturday night. It was the uh, oh man, I, was it Sunday or was it Friday night? I, I was trying. I'm trying to remember. It was Friday night. It was Memphis and Portland. I caught that uh, fourth quarter, and you know Valanciunas didn't play that game, but Jaron Jackson Jr. had the uh, assignment of. Nurkic, and Nurkic scored a lot of points. Nurkic had 26 that night. You know, he took 15 shots and made 11 of them. He he was working hard down low. Um, he was scoring. Now, Jaron Jackson Jr. himself had 23. You know, he was 10 for 14. You know, he only missed one two-pointer because he was over two on his threes. So Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, he put up numbers to kind of cancel out Nurkic. Um, obviously, John Morant was fantastic that game. Dylan Brooks had a really good game. Kyle Anderson and Xavier Tillman got the start at center with Valanciunas out. And he scored 12. So without Valanciunas, they were able to make up for Nurkic's 26 because he really did what he wanted down low. And he's basically Portland's only center. Now, I know Enos Cantor comes in and plays backup. But I don't know if I necessarily feel that Enos Cantor's a center. Um, he's a big guy down low that I think would fit in the Mavs team at power forward. He, he actually played next to Porzingis in New York. I think he would fit in Dallas, and he would be a guy that could dominate the boards, That somebody that they need who can dominate the boards. And I don't think, I don't think he would be that much of a defensive liability in Dallas. Now, Porzingis' defense hasn't been that great. Um... I'm hoping that in the offseason, Porzingis can build his body back up. If, if he goes into the offseason with no injuries, he can come into the next season fully healthy and maybe he can, you know, work on his where he needs to be on the floor for defense. And it's something that, you know, because I, I feel like Porzingis has struggled in, with defense this year. So maybe hopefully in the offseason he can, you know, 
be healthy and come back next year and hopefully they can have a a guy at the four position maybe you know somebody like Julius Randle or John Collins and I mean I would even take a guy like an Otto Porter and play him at the four I think Otto Porter can play the four um even somebody like that you know if you could improve your team with like an Otto Porter and DeMar DeRozan I, I just think you've I think you're up there with the top guys now. You know, I think those are two attainable guys that could really take them to the next level. And so, uh, and like I said, I know bringing it up on every episode of the guys they can bring in, but and that's a pod for the off season. Um, I think I think free agency is going to come fast and furious because it's going to be in August, and I do think they want to start the year in October. So I do think there's going to be a shortened off season. Um, and if, if they do start in October, it'd be the very end. So the players would have two months off. But uh, we'll see how that works out. I don't know if this will be the year they decide to start. You know, every year around Christmas time, and uh, kind of take advantage, uh, try and get better ratings, um, so they're not competing with football. But um, anyhow, I'm gonna uh, end that pod there. Uh, the Mavs do have a game tomorrow, so I'll probably put a pot out on Tuesday or even Wednesday. Um, I'm still looking for work, so I do have uh, time to do a pod on a day after a game for a back-to-back. Um, usually I would let the back-to-back happen and then do a pod and talk about both. Um, We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Maybe I, maybe I will do one on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, do my own back to back. But uh, I guess I'll find out when I get there. But uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs Outsider. Um, if you could rate and review the podcast on wherever it is you get your podcasts. And other than that, we'll see you later. Later.